Hello. Hello. It's the B-Dubs. We're back again for episode four of First Time Parent Podcast. Yay. My name is Christopher. And I'm Jessica. And we are having, having a, baby. a baby. And we have absolutely no idea what we are doing. So we thought we'd document it through a lovely podcast. <laughs> Aren't you lucky for listening? <laughs> hopefully you'll have a giggle at us. <laughs> yeah, hopefully you'll have a baby by the end of it as well. <laughs> Not ours. We want ours. <laughs> How are you doing? I'm okay, thank you. How are you? I'm all right. It's nice to see you. Uh, a weekly catch-up. We don't talk apart from this. I live with you, but... Yeah, but I lock her in the shed. So. Yeah. If she's lucky. What can we do, eh? Well, uh, wash you down once a week with a hose. <laughs> Baby, <You> may... <laughs> Baby's going to live in the house. You're staying out there. <laughs> I don't know how to react to this right now. Yeah, that's um, love for you. <laughs> so, episode four. Yes. What's going on? What's going on? What's going on? We are talking about the next stage, uh, a few weeks on. So, pregnancy around 17, 18, 19 weeks, to be precise. So, just before we get to ne- the next like big scan point, we're talking about the period between telling people... That we went public and, and told people we were having a baby for yep. them starting to notice. And then that that couple of weeks between then and going for your the big 20-week scan. Yeah, like the next big milestone. Next big milestone. Okay, cool. So we'll talk about that. We will also talk about myths in pregnancy. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> so things that people talk about that they say you can and can't do and mainly the myths that surround whether you're having a boy or a girl. I mean, there's no way of telling, surely, unless you go for the scan, is there? But <laughs> we'll get to that. <laughs> Google will tell you differently, though. What, did you mean you Google, am I having a boy or a girl? And it went, boy or girl? Not quite, but there are some things out there that are nearly that simple. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> it's going to be fun. <laughs> So we talk about that and a lot more in episode four of First Time Parent Podcast. Enjoy. Yeah. We'll see you at the end. So you're 17 weeks pregnant at this point. I am. And tell me how you are feeling. I'm feeling like it's New Year. Oh, it's New Year. Right, okay. Are you trying to tell me you were 17 weeks pregnant at the turn of the year? Pretty much. Okay. It's good for me to know these things. Yeah. Okay. Giving you a bit of context. Yeah. I was there. A bit of time. Actually, you weren't at New Year. No, I wasn't. You I were was away. away. Yeah. <laughs> so alone. To be, hang on. I did come back on New Year's Eve and I only left on New Year's Eve. Did you come back? I was probably asleep you by were, the time you, were asleep. you came back. I had a gig on New Year's Eve. It was a wedding. Actually, it was very nice. It's very possible that I just got so tired that instead of seeing in the new year, I just went to bed. You did? It's highly likely. I think I was using it as a nice early night, if I'm honest. And that's what pregnancy does to you. <laughs> <laughs> Again, this is just your normal life. You see a sleep opportunity, right? <laughs> like that. Gone. No, it's nice. It's nice. Plus, at that point, I had only just started getting used to slash using my Christmas present from you. The lawnmower. 
<laughs> no, the pregnancy pillow. A pregnancy pillow. Which at that point I didn't really need, but it was nice and comfortable. The bump wasn't big enough to need that much of a support, but it was nice and oh, it's so comfy when you do go to sleep in it, isn't it, dear? Well, this is the thing. I mean, I knew you weren't technically meant to start using it until the bump is a little bit heavier and needs a bit of support underneath. Because mm-hmm. so you're, you're not meant to sleep on your back, are you? No. I may have had my eyes on it for a month before you were meant to use it. But as soon as you got inside that pregnancy pillow, I was not getting near it. <laughs> Although it was a little bit of a, a fluff up, wasn't there? When I, when I, you don't know if you know this, I bought you the present of a pregnancy pillow. It wasn't a Christmas present, but you had it at Christmas time. And... I bought. I, I went to Amazon and I saw what I thought was the pregnancy pillow. A really good price. I can't remember what it was, but it was like, wow, that's, that's amazing. And, and I didn't want to spend too much on it just in case you didn't use it. And then I could have got you a better one. Mm. It was like a trial <laughs> pregnancy pillow. Oh, was it? Yeah. So am I still do another one? No, because it's absolutely fine. <laughs> um, but what actually turned up was two pregnancy pillow cases. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't no pillow just the no, cases there was not a pillow there oh. so you had two pregnancy pillow cases which were very comfortable <laughs> but i did have to then spend more money on the pillow and it was not as good of a deal as i thought it was <laughs> anyone wanting to know what a pregnancy pillow is or actually looks like it's like a giant you or oh, mm. this particular one is i think you can get uh, other, other ones, like a, like a long sausage or a V or an L. And um, what it does, like Christopher said, is just supports the bump when it gets bigger so that your weight of the bump isn't pulling everything down because uh, that really hurts and stretches the muscles. And it also helps support your back, which is taking a lot of the, the weight as well. It's, it's just so comfy when you do snuggle into it. It's like half a paperclip. It's like a giant half a paperclip in pillow form. So you tuck it under, you lie on your side, you tuck the first side under your stomach so it supports you and then you put your head and your arms on it. Then the rest of it loops around your shoulder, kind of goes close to your back and then it kind of tucks under your bum and through your legs so your legs are supported as well. So you're in a more comfortable position to sleep in. But it's really comfortable for anyone who isn't pregnant as well. (laughs) Me. Is it? It's very comfortable. When you go to work in the morning and I've not got anything on, I'll roll over into the pregnancy pillow and have a lovely nap. Hang on a minute, you've not got anything on. Oh, Do no, they need to know like that? that? No. <laughs> I mean, work-wise. Hey, you're rubbing up against my pregnancy pillow. Nothing on. I do have things on if I'm in your pregnancy pillow. Your underwear fits perfectly, okay? So it's fine. That's all, that's all right then, that's fine. Yeah, it's a bit tight. But they are good. So, I, so yeah, the pregnancy pillow, this is when you started using it. And I don't think you really saw the benefits until obviously later on down the line but we'll get to that another time we will because it's so nice it's so nice (laughs) i'm not doing a whole episode on pregnancy pillows well pregnancy gadgets that's not a bad idea anyway 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 anyway. new year's time you hit the 17 weeks mark which doesn't sound a lot of pregnant does it but if you think you're three weeks away from halfway that's the time when we're well and truly into our second trimester Say T word again. I don't think I have any trimester meant. Trimester. Just say third. 
I think so. Third, although it's more a scientific term, isn't it, that says this is when things happen. It's like a stage of pregnancy. Yeah. So the first trimester is the first one to 12 weeks. And then the second trimester is 13 to 28 weeks. Thank you. You're welcome. It's very kind of you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> we were meant to have a 16-week midwife appointment. And we couldn't have that because the date actually fell on Boxing Day. Boxing Day. They weren't open. No. <laughs> Liberty. And I, and I was asleep. <laughs> L- livid. <laughs> so we had our 16-week midwife around 17, 18 weeks. And this was a pretty, pretty special appointment. We didn't realise it was going to be, but it was, wasn't it? Hmm. We went along and for the first time, they let us hear the baby's heartbeat. Yeah. Which was pretty magic. Yeah. And I, again, because we've never been in this situation before, I've said it a million times. I didn't expect. Well, no, I didn't expect. I didn't. I didn't know when the point that you hear the heartbeat was. I don't think I expected to see it during the 12 week scan, but we could see the heartbeat during mm. the 12 week scan because obviously they're looking for it. But at the same time, I wasn't expecting to hear it at, I say, just a midwife's appointment. I, I didn't realize that, that that was a stage that you do hear it and it took me by surprise. It did me. I thought that we would have heard the heartbeat at the same time we would have seen it at the yeah. scans. So it was a lovely surprise when they do a, they do a little check over. So you lie you lie down on the on the little table. Based you with a wand. <laughs> Pretty much, you do have to have the same gel on your tummy that you would do if you were having a scan. It's the same sort of plastic wand that they sort of push into you. Do you know what it looks like? If no one's seen what it is or had any kind of, like, to hear inside you, it's like one of those deodorant sticks mm-hmm. that you push the cream up and it spreads on like a little half a dome. So not a rollerball, like a cream stick that, that you, you use it, that it pushes the cream up the middle and you spread the cream off and it's like a, a kind of roly dome thing. It's like that. The gel. Yeah. You, you've mentioned the gel a couple of times. How like I had an ultrasound God, ten ten or eleven years ago on my stomach about something. They thought I was pregnant. Um, <laughs> but uh, what does it feel like when you've got that jelly stuff on you? Is it and 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 what's what would you assimilate it to? What would you say it's like? Is it like toothpaste? Is it like a kind of hand cream? Is it like a lube kind of on your tummy? Is it like that? Oh, okay. Why are you laughing? Yes. It's cold. It's okay. wet. It's sticky. It's Woolwich. <laughs> hey. I don't mind it when it's going on and when they're doing that. It's afterwards when you have to pull your clothes back up and it's all there. Well, and you pull sticky. them up and they go up. <laughs> and, that really hard. And, and they have to give you the really dry paper towels to scrape it off with. Yeah, it's the, it's the bit afterwards when you're kind of walking around in your clothes and you're feeling a bit. Is that me sweaty or is that the gel? Oh, oh I okay. really need a shower. Okay, yeah. that's not nice. No, it's not overly nice. But I hosed you down in the garden to make you feel nice and comfortable afterwards. Uh, thank you. Well, I didn't realise that was the point that we were going to hear the baby's heartbeat. And it really took us by surprise. And I don't know why I, I, 
I knew that she'd look for it, the midwife, but I didn't expect that we would hear it. It was good. It was lovely. I, I got quite emotional. It's so strong as well at this point. Even like way before halfway through a pregnancy, a, a baby's heartbeat is, well, it, it works. I, I don't think I'd ever thought of the process of a baby, you know, from when the egg is fertilized, the baby grows. And at some point that heart has to start. That's the point. That baby's heart starts until the day it dies when it's an adult. That's incredible. It never stops. I think it develops its heart and its heartbeat from about five or six weeks onwards. That's incredible, isn't it? When it's a tiny, 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 tiny. It's wonderful. That was our baby's heartbeat you just heard there. 148 BPM. But don't tell anyone I recorded it because I wasn't meant to, but I grabbed my phone and (laughs) just managed to do it in the audio notes. (laughs) No one knows. But what are they checking when they do that? Obviously, they're listening for a heartbeat. Yeah, they're checking that there's there's no problems, that there is a clear heartbeat, there's nothing irregular, and that it's at its correct, at its correct rate for a baby. Uh, a correct rate for a baby should be. Hang on a second, I'm fact checking. This, this is this is all about preparation. This one, <laughs> this week, maybe that's what this is called. Preparation. Yeah. So it should be 140 to 170 BPM. That's around weeks. babies per minute. Beats per minute, oh, right, not right. babies per minute. It was babies per minute. That's quite early on. And then the interesting thing about a baby's heartbeat is it starts very fast and slows down. Because our heartbeat, so when we're our grown-up heartbeat, is actually the norm is between 60 and 100 beats per minute. So that little baby's heart is going really fast when it's so small. It's going on what is over double what a a grown-up's heartbeat would be. That's amazing. That's like me when I see fried chicken. (laughs) so the heartbeat was a very lovely thing at that first appointment these midwife appointments are just generally checking in on mum and mum and baby's health each time so they'll ask you if you're feeling okay on yourself if there's anything odd that you wish to report and they'll give you advice on things that you need to do it was an interesting uh fact that the midwife said the first time that is so obvious that you can't have baby without healthy mum so mum comes first no matter what Mm. if mum is in danger or is unhealthy or is poorly or is being affected by the pregnancy the mum comes first the baby comes second because you can't have one without the other and that's a really interesting thing to keep and I think that's something that I have personally really really focused in on is that I have to make sure that you look after yourself no matter what so this particular midwife appointment they said you need to go and get your flu jab flu jab yay oh this was something that we found out as well when you are pregnant 
you in the UK get access to free prescriptions for the duration of your pregnancy and a year afterwards. You do. Which I didn't know at all. So I obviously come from Wales. Now in Wales, there's very different rules about prescriptions that there are in England. You get free prescriptions until a certain age in Wales. So before I moved to London, I never had to pay for a prescription anyway. So when I moved to London and there were prescriptions that you were getting, for yeah. things, you have to pay for them. That really kind of blew my mind. It blew my mind that you could have it for free. Can't but believe it. When you're pregnant, you have to send off a form and you apply for a card and you get free prescriptions and mm-hmm. free dental treatment. That's Is there anything right. else? I think it was those two things, wasn't it? Those are the main two things you get with that, uh, with that NHS exemption card. You get given the form for that at your first midwife's appointment. So the appointment we spoke about before, around 10 weeks, they'll make sure you get given that straight away. And if they forget, you can ask for it. You can. But I didn't expect that to be a thing. But of course it makes sense. Because they have to keep you as healthy as possible, as quickly as possible. Also, you get more ailments and more things going wrong when you're pregnant. So it makes sense that they give you that little bit of extra help. Going back to flu jab. Now, I started to feel a bit like a pincushion because every appointment I went to, I was having an injection. But this particular one, I rang up my doctor surgery after the midwife's appointment and said, oh, I've been advised to, to come and get a flu jab. Have you got have you got availability? When can I come in the next couple of weeks? And usually doctors will, you know, they won't really give you an appointment straight away and uh, as soon as I told her that I'd been advised by my midwife she couldn't help me quick enough and she went right well if you've been advised by your midwife you need to come come to the surgery straight away and I was in having my flu jab that evening Hmm. it's very it's very interesting and I've had a couple of other instances like that where I've mentioned a midwife appointment or I'm pregnant to the doctors and they are they do everything they can to make sure that you are the priority well, it's not even that you're a priority, it's that you get the care as quick as you possibly can because it isn't just your life depending on it. I think mm. that's what it is. I wouldn't mm. necessarily say it's a priority. It might well be a priority. But I think it's when you have people calling up and do stuff. I imagine they get it all the time. Everyone's at the same priority, but at the same time, if there's another life that depends on it, another life that depends on your health, they want to make sure that you get whatever you need as efficiently as possible Mm. and if that means they can quickly pop you in at the end of the day to do a flu jab that's great which is exactly exactly what what they did the flu jab helps to immunize mum from from getting the flu because if mum gets the flu when she's pregnant it can lead to all sorts of complications with baby also when you are pregnant you are more susceptible to colds and germs and things especially where I work it's around a lot of children so it's definitely helpful for me to have got it and this particular one doesn't inject the flu into you or the virus into you a lot of injections actually puts a little strain of it into you but this particular one doesn't so there's no risk at all with this you and you and baby are are safe and it also helps immunise the baby for the first few months of life. And when I was there having the flu jab, they then gave me a big booklet on 
all the immunizations and jabs that the baby will need for the first year. So I already have that in my little file ready to look at for when baby's here. It's cool, isn't it? Hmm. I feel fully informed. Fully informed. Fully informed. I think, I don't think I've ever been given so many leaflets in all my life. There's a lot of pamphlets that come with pregnancy. There are. A lot of paper, though. I wonder if there's a better way of doing it. But I suppose somebody at an appointment physically giving you a, a leaflet or a pamphlet or a, a booklet means they know you've got it. But every time we go and see the doctor or the midwife or the, the, the team at Maritime, it's, have you read this? You need to read this. Make mm. sure you read this. You need to read this. So they're always checking on, on you, making sure that you are keeping up to date with the stuff that they have politely told you you need to read. I wonder if anyone just doesn't do it and then they just turn up and think baby's just going to pop out. I'm sure there are people. Yeah, me. <laughs> no, no. Not me, I, not me at all. I I love having information. I love I love that they give me all of this. I feel like I'm at school and I'm doing my homework. Mm, I feel like I've got weird. to do everything I can to read up on this to make sure that everything can go right and... Why wouldn't you read up on it? This is something that's happening to your body. And the person inside your body as yeah. well. That's important. Of course. Little tiny little person. Yeah, you've got to know what's going on. And the fact that they're willing to help you so much and give you this information. Yeah, you need to, you need to take it and read it. Mm. So at this point in pregnancy, you're approaching the time where you can find out if you're having a boy or a girl. So next week, we'll talk about that scan, the 20 week scan. But as you approach it, come back to last week, a lot of the questions you get asked revolve around, are you having a boy or a girl? Mm. Or do you know the gender? Do you know what you're having? Do you know the flavour? <laughs> Chicken noodle. Uh, but... A lot of people ask you follow-up questions, don't they, about, oh, is it doing this? Or, oh, are you feeling this? Or are you thinking this? That means you're having a boy. That means you're having a girl. Yeah. So it's a lot of... There's so many... Fluff. Yeah, there's so many things that people ask you that they believe is is fact to point towards what you're having. Uh, there's quite a few myths. I do not believe any of it. <laughs> right. Do you know any of the myths yourself? Have you heard any of them? Uh, so I know that there's... Oh, it was if you're craving a certain thing. Oh, you're having a boy. Yeah. So cravings. Cravings, one of the big myths. Apparently, if you're craving salty food or, you know, like savoury, that means you're having a boy. Because your, your thing was salt and vinegar crisps early on in this mm -hmm. point. And you told someone, I went, oh, you're having a boy then. Yeah. And you told someone the same thing and they went, oh, you're having a girl then. Oh, it's it's yeah. rubbish. It's just <laughs> it's so rubbish. And then if you're, ha if you're craving sweets and chocolate, you're meant to be having a girl. I started off craving savoury and salt and vinegar. I am now craving sweets and chocolate. So which one is it? Well, we know you're not having twins, so that's okay. <laughs> Can you imagine if they just missed twins? And we have twins. Stop. Can you imagine how much our lives would just be in the bin? 
because we, we're very loosely prepared for one, let alone two. <laughs> Hey, oh, if goodness. it happened, we'd manage. We'd, we'd manage somehow, and we, we it would be it would be amazing. It would be, and one I, I think we've mentioned it before. We wouldn't know any different. No, you wouldn't know any different. You wouldn't know any different because it's two babies. Mm. You've not had one you before, dip so you don't know. You could dip your salt and vinegar crisps in a bar of chocolate. How about that? Exactly. That's the one that I heard anyway. That if you're having, if you're craving a certain thing, you're having a boy or a girl. Another one is how you are carrying. In your tummy. In your tummy, yes. Yeah. Not how you're carrying your shopping bags, nope. dear. <laughs> like, Dick, you're like Dick Whittington with it, everything with a, in a, a bundle. bundle over your back. Bundle and stick. So if you're carrying high. Uh, so if the baby position is high in your, on your So yeah, if your bump abdomen. starts right from underneath your boobs uh, and it's, it's much higher in position, then you're meant to be carrying a girl. Not you're meant to be. People think you're having it. Come on. God, this, re- this really <laughs> winds me up. All this, oh, God, just rubbish. All this rubbish about myths and things. Hey, no just listen to it. Oh. I'm not saying they're true or false. I am. They're false. No one knows until you go and have a scan and the doctor or the midwife tells you, oh, it's a boy or a girl. I've read up a lot Anyway, on gender these. is fluid, so it doesn't matter. I've read up a lot on these, okay? And I agree that there is no scientific evidence to suggest that any of these are fact. But I'm always of that mindset. Well, if someone's thought about it enough and made a note of it enough, surely somewhere along the line, these things must have happened to to make people believe them. It's kind of like ghosts, isn't it? (laughs) Oh, please don't go there. (laughs) You know what I mean, though? Mavis saw a thing. Oh, she's really... Believing that these exist. It was a mirror. That's what she saw. These things have to originate from somewhere, surely. Yeah. The just oh. <laughs> nah, they're called old wives' tales for reasons, and there's no scientific evidence uh, for them. But if you're carrying high, it's meant to be a girl, and if you're carrying low, it's meant to be a boy. So do you, do you mean when someone says, "Oh," and you go, "I'm having a baby"? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Not quite. If if we were to go by m- me, I'm carrying quite low, so it's yeah. a, it's a boy, apparently. Your, your bump and the baby inside the bump is pretty much pushing on your bladder the whole time, all like right on it, and even I can tell how uncomfortable that looks. <laughs> Thanks. So, and you tell me all the time. Yeah. I'm Did not... you ever time how many wees you have in a day? We've not timed that one. No, we haven't done it. You need to do that. Okay. Let's catch up. By next week, I want a tally of how, uh, an average how time many go for a week. I think <laughs> I was overshooting it by saying 35, but I don't think I was overshooting it too much. 34? <laughs> <laughs> what are the myths then? Come other on. Other myths. What are, the, what are the tripe of people put up? The the morning sickness. Well, you, you are having morning sickness when you're pregnant, though. So, or does it, it mean if you no, have more? No, it's, the, it's the, like, how intense the morning sickness is. Apparently, if you are really experiencing bad, bad morning sickness, like properly being sick with it and not just feeling sick, you're having a girl. And they say that because uh, there's a higher amount of the hormone in you. Right. So there's some scientific backing, but there's a thought. It's very loose. So if you're having more morning sickness, it means that a certain chemical Mm -hmm. uh, or hormone inside your body is making you feel like that 
Ergo, you have that because you are having a girl. girl. Okay. And if you don't have as much morning sickness, no morning sickness, or you just feel sick, then you're meant to be having a boy. So I'm having a boy. <laughs> <laughs> but if we were to go down that route with me, it would be a boy because I felt sick and I was only sick a couple of times where I've heard that a lot of people that uh, have pregnant, when they're pregnant, they are so sick they can't leave the toilet. So I'm lucky in the sense of I've I've come off I've come off all right. I you know, I have been able to leave the toilet. I've mm. just felt sick a lot of the time, right at the beginning. So we've got two for boy. Two for boy so far. Okay. What are the other ones? The pregnancy glow. The pregnancy glow is meant to only happen if you are having a boy. Because the opposite is meant to happen if you're having a girl. If you're having a girl You look really dull like pond. That's water. exactly it. The, they say you've got <laughs> oily skin and dull hair now the theory is that apparently the girl so i'm having a girl no <laughs> apparently the girl steals the mother's beauty oh for goodness sake! <laughs> i knew you were gonna say that come <laughs> off it i know some beautiful boys <laughs> uh extreme mood swings means you're having a girl so you've because been having there's more a, hormones flying around you've been having a girl for the last 10 years Oh, oh, there it is. oh, I love it. I love winding you up so much. <laughs> she didn't deny it, though. <laughs> uh, I have you know. I think you've been very lucky. Oh, I certainly have. <laughs> what? <gasps> <laughs> there's, oh. a couple, there's a couple of other theories that I've had a look at. Some people try and use the first scan picture and little things that happen in the scan picture to predict so whether it's a boy or a girl. Do you mean if they can see a little willy? <laughs> <laughs> so one of them is called is called the nub theory. And I think it, it is actually the area where like the genitals form, but where the baby is so small. It's and, really tiny. And Yeah, it it's is just, really tiny. It's just really cold in there. No, <laughs> at that point, the the people doing the scan cannot tell whether it's a boy or a girl. No, you can't. It's too it's too early on, and things are too small and delicate there. Uh, however, apparently, <laughs> apparently, the angle at which the nub <laughs> is is going actually um indicates whether it's going to be a boy or a girl so if it's a higher angle apparently it's a boy and if what? it's a lower angle it's a girl but what do you mean the nub what the nub there's a little nub that sometimes you might see on the picture if the baby is um lying in the right in the right way so you mean in the downstairs area in of the downstairs the area it looks it looks a bit like a little little bump uh some people have it on their pictures and some people don't it all depends on whether the baby's in the right position for that picture okay uh but that's the nub theory and the other theory is the <laughs> stop it <laughs> the other was. theory is the skull theory uh <laughs> 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 apparently a boy's skull uh it slopes more I'm not sure how you would really recognise that, but there's... Because there's... he's been down a pub fighting. Ooh, so, lads. This is it. You'll show a lot of people your first scan picture and they will look at it and they will say, that's a boy, that's a girl. 
and these are some of the reasons what, why you mean people they'll, they'll why say people, both <laughs> yeah. just to, to cover both bases <laughs> why people will say what they think because there's these little theories floating around that you can actually tell that early on but it's, it's not it's not at all because the baby is still developing and growing the next time you see it it might not have a sloping skull anymore it might be you know it's it, <sighs> that is a bit silly unless the people telling me are a medical professional that work in the world of babies why would I believe them? And this is no disrespect. <laughs> I just mean, why? Just why? Oh, you're having a boy or a girl. What? <laughs> you're, I mean, first of all, you've got a 50-50 chance, really, haven't you? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. someone is going to be correct and someone is going to be incorrect. But it doesn't mean it's because you know. It's because you got lucky. Because <laughs> you got lucky. The, the other one, oh. which could you could feel it's a little bit more scientific, but it's it's not. It's back to the baby's heartbeat. So apparently the rate of the heartbeat indicates whether you're having a boy or a girl. If you are, if the baby's heartbeat is 140 plus BPM, it's meant to be a girl. So if it's a higher heart rate, it's a girl. And if it's below 140, it's meant to be a boy. But I've read up on this. And as we just mentioned, the heartbeat is faster at the beginning of a pregnancy and starts to slow down. So at which point does this myth work? 140 plus for a girl, but lower than 140 for a boy. When does that doesn't work because the baby's heartbeat heartbeat is slowing down. Well, this, do you know why it doesn't work? It's absolutely <laughs> rubbish. <laughs> And I'm it's sure true. there's people listening to this that are going, oh, he doesn't know what he's talking about. And no, of course I don't, because I'm not a medical professional. So I wouldn't claim to know about this. But sh- come on. And also our our heartbeat that we've listened to. So the first appointment that we've just spoken about, it was 148. So that would indicate mm. it was a girl. But actually, we've had 140 as our last one. So that would then mean or oh, it might be a boy. So it's really it's it doesn't really make make any difference. Surprise. The other one which you're going to love, have you heard about the necklace over the tummy? What? <laughs> so, no. Clearly I haven't. <laughs> the necklace over the the belly. So someone will swing a necklace like oh, a What you mean like an outside? You don't mean the baby. Just like a, so so just like a normal necklace, someone else will hover, will swing a necklace. Why is anyone hovering over your tummy anyway? To find out if you're having a boy or a girl. I don't want them anywhere near your tummy, thank you very much. <laughs> but this is another old wife's tale, that if you if you swing, a, like naturally let a... Stop a swinging pendant, the necklace! <laughs> a pendant swing over a pregnant tummy, it will be able to predict whether you're having a boy or a girl as to which movement it does. So I'll tell you what it, it will predict. It'll predict that person's in your personal space and needs to get out of my house. If it swings back and forth, I believe it's meant to be a boy, but if it ends up going in a circle, it's oh meant to be a girl. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Who are you hanging out with? Google. That's what I was worried about. <laughs> no, I had, I had letting... heard about that before. Before Why are you I'd letting been anyone do that? I haven't let anyone do that. Oh, my goodness. Calm down. <laughs> Can I tell you one that I did read the other day? Oh, go on. So, if you know when you're peeling vegetables, where is this going? So, if you, <laughs> I, you know, when you eat things before, like you've got your diet. So, if you're peeling vegetables, 
and you prefer to like you know when you eat potato and you roast a potato but sometimes you leave the skins on if you can't cope with that when you're pregnant it means you're having a boy and then if you <laughs> peel <laughs> i'm making it up because it's rubbish of course it's rubbish this is i tell you what but you I believed have, me for a minute i should there. have done this differently i should have done ones like that oh yes in amongst some rubbish ones some do you know what in, in amongst the real ones it wouldn't are... it wouldn't have mattered because they're all rubbish <laughs> there's a really good one that i wanted to talk about that that's slightly different it's a it's kind of a myth but it's not there's a chinese predictor chart oh, i thought you were gonna say there was like an octopus like the world <laughs> cup a couple of years ago where the octopus predicted whether it was a boy or a girl there's a chinese predictor chart which uses the <laughs> the age that you conceived uh what your then... age your age or yeah my age? my age so the mum's age the age the mum conceived and then the month that the baby was conceived in. And it's a chart that just says MFMFMF in different random coloured little blocks throughout all of those ages and those months. And then it tells you whether you're having a boy or a girl. Again, it's a 50-50 chance. And you just said the word random, which means... Well, to me, it's random. It's going to be random. <laughs> I, I couldn't really see what, what the meaning was. But it's, yeah, the Chinese predictor chart, if you want to have a look at it and and predict that way do you know anyone who's had any of these work i've this is the thing a lot of people with their pregnancies will back up these theories especially with the carrying high and the carrying low and the cravings and the morning sickness a lot of people have said that they have been true for them is it a coincidence yes it might yes. be yes it yes. might not be but oh. a lot of people, no, but a lot of people do. And, and if you read it all online, there's so many people that will contribute to all the discussions and they will, but they will say, this is true. This is fact. This is, this happened to me. But it is 50-50. I absolutely want to hear from anyone listening to this that has absolutely had this proved right. I would love to be proved wrong for this. And that's the thing with me. If there's something like this, I'm like, oh, come on. It's utter, utter bull. Oh. I want to hear from someone who it absolutely worked for. So do get in touch at firsttimeparentpod at gmail.com. Give us an email. Tell us your stories. Tell us your, oh, I was, um, I only walked on my left leg for six months, which meant I was having a boy. It meant you fell over, <laughs> but it meant you're having a boy. Or I only went up curbs that were grey. And that meant I had a girl, you know. Just, please get in touch with things that 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 you can. Just, uh, I'm already so disappointed in you. I, for th this. I think people. I think some people might get a bit angry at you for not having that belief. Uh, I'm. I'm. It's all about facts for me. I'm right? open-minded. I am open-minded with these things. I believe there's got to be a reason why people think them, but I also do like a bit of fact and science as well so a lot please i like a lot, a lot of fact lot. and science actually speaking of which do you know when the sex is decided no i don't straight away yeah i think you've told me now but i didn't know that <laughs> so the sex is decided as soon as baby is conceived so 23 chromosomes from each parent decides the gender and the hair color the minute it's amazing isn't it? they meet each other absolutely amazing 
And I probably learned that in science and biology at school, but for some ago. reason it, that didn't stick with me. And when I reread that, it blew my mind a bit. I also cut up a pig's heart, but I haven't ever done that again. So <laughs> to be fair, to be fair, I didn't cut the pig's heart up because <gasps> we have to take them in and we put them out. It was a really hot day as well. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. At, so the, the biology lab in um, the school that I went to in Cardiff, was all glass panelled windows on the side and they, they'd just been out for a little while and it absolutely stank and about five of us went Bleh! no can't do it and walked out and we're like just have an hour off <laughs> we didn't do anything i was never forced to do any of that no i wasn't forced to i couldn't do it it's no, just disgusting think, i don't know if they did it at my school 30 I kids on the school didn't. bus with pig's hearts in the, in the yeah, uh, exactly Grim. how do we go into this again i have no idea do you want to know some general pregnancy myths now i do but let's have a sound effect so go on tell me more pregnancy myths so these are more things that you're told that you can or can't do in pregnancy. Oh, okay. So slightly different to slightly different. doing so this and this is happening. Yeah. So for instance, no exercise. Some people tell you you shouldn't exercise at no. all when you're pregnant. Even I know that's the opposite. You need to exercise. They're very, the, the midwife team are very uh, encouraging about exercise th- mm. at least 30 minutes a day. Yeah, it's really helpful to get moving. Even if you weren't very active before, it's it's good to do that for your body and for baby and to keep it moving. It, it's just your body's going through so much stuff already. If you just try and keep it a bit healthy and keep it limber, it's just going to make things easier when you are ready to give birth. Mm. How's that going for you? <laughs> there we go. <laughs> <laughs> I have been doing some exercises. I've been going to aquanatal classes. Aquanatal classes, yes. Thank you very much. Basically, she has a long bath every day. Yes, the about a bit. <laughs> uh, you are not supposed to, according to this myth, dye your hair. Oh, yes. I found out that wasn't true. You, you can dye your hair. But after a certain time. Even then... It's, there's no scientific evidence to suggest that dyeing your hair causes any damage or harm to your baby. What I read up was, if you have any concerns at all, best to be safe than sorry. Wait until after 12 weeks of pregnancy because that's when the baby's brain is doing its most developing. And then after that, go ahead. But even then, there's not... There's not going to be an issue. Like you said, some people don't know they're pregnant when they're doing these things. So nothing's nothing's really a problem. That's that's a bit of a myth. I think if you're having your hair bleached, I understand that your skin might react differently, but that's not harming the baby. That's that's your skin. So you may have a bit of a reaction or you're more sensitive, but you've just got to do your skin patch tests as they advise you to make sure that you're not going to have have any problems like that what else <laughs> what oh, else what that else was the sound of a notebook uh-oh <laughs> no flying 
apparently they say you're not meant to fly. That's not true. That's not true. You can fly when you're pregnant. There's a certain point when you need to get a doctor's certificate to fly around 28 weeks. If you still want to fly, then then your doctor has to write a letter to the airline to reassure them that you are a low risk pregnancy and then they're mm. happy to take you. That's, there's also a time limit for cruises as well. You're not allowed on a cruise ship after, I think, 30-something. I think it's 32 weeks. Let me check. But, yeah, I imagine that's just because, you know, the responsibility should be in your hands, shouldn't it? Mm. For the for the plane. Cruise well, you're, ship. You're not piloting the plane. What? 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 Pregnant women are only allowed to sail if pregnant for 24 completed weeks or less at mm. the time of cruise disembarkation. That's amazing. So that's quite early on. So you, mm. you, you couldn't go on a cruise now? No. No. No, oh, interesting. We're not going on a cruise anyway. No, so. no, thank you. I'd like to do some cruise work, but I don't think I could afford to go and do a cruise. <laughs> what, are you going to labour? Sorry, I'm off to the Bahamas. <laughs> Put it on hold, dear. Put it on hold. Me, it'd be the Isle of Sheppey. (laughs) Another one. No coffee. No coffee, no caffeine. So you're meant to cut down your intake, but it doesn't mean so you can't have any at all. Whenever you have a cup of coffee, people look at you and go, oh, you're pregnant, you should be having that. No, no, no. This is just my one allowed cup for the day. Just just let me have that, please. The, uh, The American Health Association, I think, um, I might be wrong at this, but I think it's one twelve ounce a day is fine. Mm. But d- don't go over it. Exactly. But you, there's, there's caffeine in lots of things. You're allowed three cups of tea a day. That's right. And it's all just to help the baby, the baby's heart rate. Yeah. I believe. I, I believe the heart rate uh, will quicken if you do take. My heart rate quickens if I have three coffees. <laughs> exactly. Anybody's <laughs> does. It's what caffeine does to you, isn't it? So you've just got to be careful the amount that you have. But if you need that one cup of coffee to help wake you up in the morning, then that is what you're allowed. I went through a phase about a month or so ago. I was doing a lot of work from home, editing a lot of things. And I, I was on like a coffee train. I was... As soon as I'd finished one, I'd go and make myself another cup of coffee. And we've got a really nice coffee machine as well. Mm. Which, you know, pulls the shot properly and like, makes a beautiful espresso and foams the milk. We do it properly. And I love it. It's my favourite thing that we've bought as grown-ups. Um, maybe, apart from the Moses basket, I like that. Um, <laughs> but I can't stop using it if I'm at home working. And it's really bad. But I, there was a time about two weeks ago that I noticed my heart was beating out of my chest and I thought my anxiety's got really badly oh no it's the the four coffees that I've had in the space of four and a half hours (laughs) (laughs) so I completely understand that one (laughs) yeah it's fair enough no yes it's fair enough the other one is that saying that saying oh it's all right you're eating for two yeah, apparently you shouldn't be doing that. No, of course not. <laughs> you, you're you only really meant to need an extra 200 calories. And I believe that's actually towards the end of your third trimester. But the problem is 
you, your body does ask for extra things. And I found, I found my body asking for extra things, especially towards the beginning. It feels like there's a lot being taken out of your body to make the baby in that first bit. So you do find yourself reaching for things that the odd cravings or things that you want as an extra but what you need to do is try and replace them rather than add them into what you're eating because ultimately you don't need all those extra calories the baby doesn't need all those extra calories someone said to me a few weeks ago which I have held on to even though I haven't got much control of it unfortunately because I am so into chocolate right now Mm -hmm. But I was saying how hard I'm finding it to not want to eat all the chocolate to a friend. And they said, well, just think, when this baby's here, you're not going to feed it chocolate, are you? Mm -hmm. You're not going to feed it chocolate biscuits and cakes. It's going to be having milk. Oh. Exactly. I need to learn some stuff. (laughs) So it's not really the baby asking for it. It's, it's something else asking for it, but it's not the baby. So that's a very good point that I've tried to hold on to. Not with much success, I add, because the craving is really quite strong. But interesting nonetheless. Mm. Anything else that's not food related? There's one more thing. One more thing. Apparently there's a myth that you can't have sex when you're pregnant. Oh, that Really? Apparently, I think a lot of people fear that it's going to hurt the baby. No. That's just a lot of over... (laughs) That's the the blokes trying to make themselves... Oh, yeah, yeah, sorry, darling. It's a (laughs) really... Cool, I mean, it's going to be a problem. (laughs) It is, isn't it? Let's face it. Come on. I mean, we were told at the last antenatal class... The first one. Well, the last one we went to. Oh, yes, which was (laughs) the first one. That we went to, which was the first one. That actually, towards the end of labour, if you're trying to bring on labour to have sex, that it might help bring it on. A bit of roughy is very good. But perhaps that's where the myth comes from. Because they say, they say, oh, to help bring on labour, have sex. Well, maybe people think, oh, maybe we shouldn't because it might bring on early labour. But But that's not true. It isn't just that. They said it's it's any kind of act of intimacy, a kiss and a cuddle, because... The, the hormones that are mm-hmm. released in your body, the happy hormones. Um, oxytocin. Oxytocins come from that. And chocolate. They mm-hmm. come from that. And that helps trigger certain things in labour. So actually there's science behind that. We like a bit of science. Yes. I wondered where you were going with that then. <laughs> <laughs> we talking about that. How are you feeling at this time? was feeling a little achy achy a little achy oh no a little jelly like mm. and i needed a wee all the time we go. Uh, there's the usual theme i mean that's i'm not to gonna i'm not gonna now. stick around on on the weeing theme where I, were you aching i suffered from round ligament pain which is around the uterus and the belly there's two big ligaments that are stretching and growing with the womb and they tend to cramp up and stab a little bit when you are growing baby and at a certain point and this is the particular point when it happens and interestingly as well it usually only happens along the right hand side and mine did that means you're having a girl oh no No. Uh, and it's just it's like cramping but in a different kind of way it's more of a jabbing jabbing feeling do you know 
that that's because you're growing? Is it clear that's that that pain? Yes. That kind of like, you know. Yeah, and it does feel like that that kind of stretch and an indoor stretch mark, almost. Pretty much, but it can take you by surprise, and it can be caused by like a sudden movement, like a cramp. But it's not okay. quite. It's not quite as intense as a cramp. It's more like someone's kind of giving you a little punch from the inside. So apart from your round ligament pain, mm-hmm. what else was hurting? Not hurting. I felt like I was like a bowl of jelly. it's a weird thing to describe i felt like especially around my pelvis and around that area i just felt like everything had turned all soft and and gone to jelly and that is a thing as well because your body is just preparing for the growth of the baby and then for for giving birth everything generally just softens so you feel a bit like wobbly and weak at times you sometimes you don't feel like you could hold your own body weight up it's a very weird sensation and luckily I only felt it for about a month around this sort of time so if I pushed you over you'd go exactly and my balance, balance was my bad. balance well it's still bad now but my balance around this time went like my center of gravity just I lost it. I mean, I'm not. I'm not the most. <laughs> I don't, can't really stand up straight most of the time. There anyway, was a, there but... was a time you came down the stairs mm-hmm. and into the kitchen, <laughs> and you opened the door, but your weight went with the door, and you kind of fell onto the fridge and kind of went, oh, Ooh. oh, so like, you're right. You went, yep. Yeah, give me a minute. And slow, like a weeble, slowly, <laughs> slowly, kind of got back to the centre. <laughs> I still have moments like that. I have a lot of moments, especially now, where I stand up and have to sit back down again really quickly because I know that I've just got up too quickly. It's just, <laughs> it's just that centre of gravity and where you've got a new, uh, new weight shifting inside you, and you're just not used to it. I think it just makes sense, really, doesn't it? Mm. Apart from that, how big was the baby between 17, 18 and 19 weeks pregnant? Ah, 17 weeks. 17 weeks. So it was about an apple or so last time, wasn't it? Yes. So 17 weeks. Um, (laughs) So this time it was a turnip. A turnip. (laughs) You weren't far off there with a carrot. A turnip and a carrot are not the same. They're a root vegetable. Thank you. One's orange. (laughs) That's what I meant. One's purple and white. So a turnip, size of the turnip. And at that point as well, I think this is quite interesting. At 17 weeks, the baby had just finished developing its very own fingerprints. Well, inside you. I think that's the <laughs> idea. <laughs> that's amazing that that much detail can be. It's incredible. Done already. Well, that's the, that your fingerprint is your fingerprint. It's not anybody else's. You that baby's developed it already at that point. Don't even think of babies having fingerprints, do you? Even no. when they're born. They're so teeny tiny. Amazing. So my little turnip at this point had fingerprints, mm-hmm. so it could be fingerprinted by the police. Okay. <laughs> it's not going to get caught up in a murder mystery well, or a whodunit, is it? <laughs> I haven't met it yet. Don't know how bad it is. <laughs> what about week 18? How big was the baby at week 18? Week 18, the size of a bell pepper. A bell pepper, well, like a red pepper. 
Well, I don't know. I don't really like peppers, so I couldn't <sighs> really help you there. Jess doesn't like peppers. <laughs> it means I can't ever cook fajitas. Well, I can, but I can't eat cheese, so uh. there's no point in it at all. Okay, so that was week 18. Week 19, so we've gone turnip to bell pepper. We have. Are, we, are we on like um like a, an, an orange, like a full orange? Because they're quite big, actually, oranges, aren't uh, they? Close. This is something that I can't that I can't really picture too well. Uh, an heirloom tomato. What's an heirloom tomato? I don't really know. It's just one you buy from Waitrose. The big one. Oh no! It's it's the it's um it's one of the ones that looks a bit like a little pumpkin. Oh, okay. It's that uh, so it's a, a red tomato is like a round one. It's got the uh, an heirloom tomatoes. Yeah, it looks a little bit like a, a tomato sized pumpkin. Hmm. Or pumpkin sized. No, a tomato sized pumpkin. So nineteen weeks. It's the size of a tomato. That's quite. That's quite big. A though. big. A big tomato. It says that. The arms and legs are now in proportion with the rest of the body, so everything's kind of levelling out size-wise. And the brain is developing its own, like, compartments to deal with all the senses. So it's that point when things are developing even further with the brain, and it's, yeah, it's really clever. Hmm. Mm. It's amazing to think that we are just about to tick over halfway, Mm. and there's still so much growing to do. A lot of growing. A lot of growing. We basically want it as big as a fruit basket by the end of this. (laughs) (laughs) Dad to be? Yes? Can you guess what I'm going to ask? Come on. Are we really doing this again? Tell him what it is. It's dad joke time. <laughs> See, I think I make you laugh quite a lot, but I'm really worried <laughs> that you think that this is my humour all the time. Don't lie, it and, is. You, know, <laughs> you want another dad joke? Yes, please. All right, hang on. So, I heard a new one the other day, mm. which I quite like. Oh, this poor child. They can hear this as well. Okay, here's here's this week's dad joke. You ready? Oh, I'm so ready. Okay. Today, my son asked, can I have a bookmark? And I burst into tears. 11 years old and he still doesn't know my name is Brian. Dad joke. Because I actually enjoyed that one. You've got the like he wants a bookmark. Oh. But he, he Mark mm-hmm. is also a name mm-hmm. because it's spelled M A R K, which is a mark. But the dad's actually called Brian. <laughs> if you're going to get me to do them, I'm going to explain them every time. I kind of guessed that. <laughs> is it is it worth it for the little joke though? I'm not sure. <laughs> it's too late to back out now. Oh, what have I started? Do you want another one? Do you want a bonus one? <gasps> what? Because if I'm honest, I'm really enjoying this. <laughs> bonus joke. But they're, they're not all good. No, you're right. They're <laughs> not. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Mum, how do I look? Dad, with your eyes. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs>
Um, what do we want? Aeroplane shaped food. When do we want it? That's beautiful. <laughs> That's really good, isn't it? That's wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate you. <laughs> <laughs> if you see a robbery at an Apple store, does it make you an eyewitness? <laughs> Think about it. An eyewitness. Like an iPod. Eyewitness. Oh. Hang on, that one did, That one actually needed explaining. That's that not did how, actually need explaining. That's not how this is meant to work. <laughs> anyway, that's the that's dad joke. Dad joke of this week. Oh, have you used them all up? There's more than three dad jokes. What's your problem with me? <laughs> the thing is, is you're going to have to do more and more each time now. Oh, no. <laughs> That was episode four of First Time Parent Podcast. We hope you enjoyed all of our talk about myths. Oh, dear. <laughs> Clearly this one didn't. Just. <laughs> it's done now. All right, it's done. Well, I had fun. Yeah. It's interesting. <laughs> My jokes are getting worse, but you're telling me to do them. Make sure you give us a shout out on socials. Uh, it helps a podcast like ours. Uh, so give us a shout out at FTPPUK. Make sure you're sharing links to uh, your friends who may or may not be pregnant. And um, yeah, help us out by giving us a listen. It's really appreciated that you're giving your time to having us talk in your ears. Thank you. Thank you very much. Make sure you get in touch with us. We want to start hearing your stories about when you were pregnant at this time that we're talking about. Any myths that you had, any cravings, any stories that you've got. We want to get interactive with you. So make sure you drop us an email at firsttimeparentpod at gmail.com. That's firsttimeparentpod at gmail.com. All the links are in the episode description. But yeah, that's it. Thank you very much for listening to episode four. We'll be back next week with episode five, where we get to the 20-week scan. Finally! The big 20-week scan, This is which is the last scan that you have. No idea about that. Yeah, we found that yeah, out, found didn't that we? Out. Yeah. The hard way. Said, when are we seeing you next? Nothing. <laughs> so we'll see you next week for episode five. Make sure you tell your friends about us and find us on Twitter. I'm at CO Bartlett and you are at Messy Jesse 85. Yeah. The easiest to remember hand handle ever. <laughs> oh, I thank you. Yeah. But we'll see you soon. Thanks for listening to First Time Parent Podcast. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.